have been looking for a happy place, you have found it. Welcome in to the Live Happy Now podcast. I'm J.R. Houston. Glad to have you with us once again, wherever you are. Thanks for making us a part of your day. We're excited to be brought to you by Live Happy Magazine, available on newsstands everywhere. And our digital edition is available in the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store. And uh, while you're online, hey, check out our partner. It is called Life Reimagined, and their website is lifereimagined.org. They've got all kinds of fun stuff for you to go through and try and help you reach your peak happiness. They say as you awaken to the power of happiness, so do your dreams. So what's next? Find out at lifereimagined.org. Our guest today is really exciting. You've probably seen her if you watch morning television, specifically on Good Morning America. Tori Johnson is our guest, and she has taken a special happiness journey of her own. You can see her every Thursday on Good Morning America, where she presents the popular Deals and Steals segment. Her last book, The Shift, was a number one New York Times bestseller, and now she has a brand new book, The Shift for Good, Simple Changes for Lasting Joy Inside and Out. And part of Tori's story is featured in our upcoming book, Live Happy, 10 Practices for Finding Joy, and that'll be available to you in March of 2016. And Tori joined Live Happy COO and co-founder and editorial director Deborah Heiss to discuss her happiness journey. Welcome, Tori. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to chat with you. Well, one of the uh, things that our listeners may not know is what do you what do you mean by the shift? What are you calling the shift? And how did you come to develop this concept? So it wasn't something that I set out to do. Um, I do a segment every week on Good Morning America. I've worked for the show for 10 years, and a few years ago, one of my bosses came to me and said, I don't think you look your best. I want to send you to a stylist. And what I heard, what I took away from that conversation was lose weight or lose your job. And and I panicked because um, for my whole life, I had not been able to lose weight, tried and failed at every single diet under the sun, and sort of was resigned to the fact that um, that I was just going to be a big girl forever. And this conversation sort of forced me to take action and think about weight in a way that I never had done before. And what I realized over time, I didn't realize it when I started it, what I realized over time was that I was really shifting the way that I thought about food. I was shifting the way that I thought about um, sort of self-control and thought about myself. And I didn't talk about it with anybody. I knew that I wasn't going to sort of go on a diet because to me diets had always been a temporary pause on bad behavior. And really what I needed was a permanent solution. And that permanent solution became a shift in the way that I thought. And by shifting the way that I thought, I lost 62 pounds in a year and wow. uh, and it's been a couple of years and I haven't gained it back and in fact I've lost more and you know and that's because it wasn't some sort of like temporary thing it wasn't a program it wasn't a gimmick it wasn't a a quick fix but it really was a shift in thinking and so um that um, has been sort of the most powerful thing that that I've ever done for myself and I realized that even though I spent a year focusing that shift on one specific area of my life, weight loss, I could apply the same principles to other areas as well. Well, I know um, from reading your first book that it what you didn't set out to write a book. You set out, you, you know, you changed your life and then people came to you and said... I set out to keep my job. Yeah. <laughs> that was my goal. Like, keep my job. 
a job you love, which makes right. total sense. But it also, you know, how did the book come about? So about nine months into this um, sort of weight loss uh, journey, and I hadn't been talking about it to anyone. I had just sort of been going about my business, doing my thing, you know, every day, hour by hour. And one day live on GMA, Sam Champion, who at the time was the meteorologist on GMA, he said, um, oh, my gosh, do I see a slimmer Tori Johnson? You look great. You look great. Do a little twirl, spin around. And I was, like, horrified. I was like, oh, my gosh, Sam, do not talk about this. Like, thinking in my head, this is my own private demon. This is my own hidden shame. I can't believe we're on national TV right now. I was probably praying for a commercial break, anything to get away from this conversation. And ultimately, we, we went on to talk about what the segment was, was about. And after that segment, I, I left the Times Square studio, and I was flooded with tweets and Facebook posts and emails, texts, people saying, like, Sam's right. You do look great. What are you doing? What's your secret? And initially, I thought, I'm going to ignore everybody. I'm not talking about this. This is, this is embarrassing. This is, this is not what I want. I just I sort of just want to get smaller, but I don't want to talk about it. And and I realized ultimately as there was no let up in the questions and no let up in, in, in people inquiring, I realized, my gosh, like this shouldn't be my hidden shame. I have the opportunity to talk to people about this, to hopefully share my experiences and maybe help somebody else overcome the same challenge. Because, you know, God knows there's like millions of people in the same boat. And if I could share my experiences and share my story, maybe it wouldn't be such a hidden shame and I could help other people make a shift as well. And so it was really in that moment that I thought, wow, the best way to, to do that is is through a book, like chronicling a journey and sharing the good, bad, and the ugly and, and allowing, you know, just the truths of my story to, to inspire other people. And I was, you know, very... Um, very much rewarded by kind of taking that chance and, and being vulnerable and sharing it. The book was a number one New York Times bestseller. There's not a day that goes by still, you know, two and a half years later when people don't stop me in the street or in airports and stores and, and say, you know, I, I read that book. That book resonated with me. We must be sisters from another mother. Your story's my story. I, it felt like you were writing about me. Um, and so it's probably the most gratifying thing that I've ever done professionally in terms of the book and then just personally and making that shift for myself. Well, for you, um, first of all, I've seen the before and after pictures and it's, it's dramatic. I'm not surprised you got that kind of response. Um, your, your weight loss was dramatic, but it wasn't, it's not just weight loss that you made a change. Um, like you said, it's, it's attitude and, and the shift is not a weight loss book. It's uh, five steps that really could be applied to any area of your life. Um, can you walk us through those five steps? Yeah, sure. And and that's what I realized when I realized, like, you know, it sort of came to me that, oh my gosh, like, I, I lived for 40 years thinking if only I could lose weight, everything's going to be perfect. Life is going to be perfect. And ultimately, when I lost that weight, I realized, well, nothing else changed except my weight. Yes, I was a smaller number on the scale and I could wear a dress for the first time when I never used to wear dresses and, and, and my sizes were different. But, but those were the only things that, that changed. And yes, I was more confident in myself. But suddenly my whole life didn't, you know, improve or my whole life didn't dramatically change. And so I went back to these five principles and I thought, where else can I apply this to really sort of pursue this, this idea of genuine happiness and deep contentment and lasting joy, all the stuff that we, we want that can't be measured in a number. And so the five steps were, were 
really applicable kind of across the board. And so the first step is, you know, how fed up are you? Like what what is the something in your life that you are so fed up with that you're finally willing to change? You know, for some people, it's a, it's a broken relationship. It's a bad marriage. It's a very unhappy job. It is a frustration with weight and health concerns. And they've gotten to a point where it's sort of it's the last straw. Like, even though they've had this problem for a long time, like, I can't take it anymore. I won't take it anymore. I'm really, really ready to change. And this time's going to be different from all of my previous attempts. So how fed up are you? Really reaching that decision point that I'm ready to make a change is step one. Absolutely. Where you think like, you know what? Really and truly enough is enough. Like this is it. Um, For me with weight, that came from sort of not only this conversation with my boss, but also, you know, I had to come clean with myself and realizing I hadn't gone to the doctor in more than 10 years. Um, My kids had never seen me wear a dress. I mean, I had sort of a long list of things. It wasn't just one thing. And I, and I really got honest with myself and I realized like, if this isn't set up, like I'll never be set up because this is pretty bad. And so, so being super honest with yourself because change is hard and you're only going to make that change if the stakes seem very high to you. And so no more sucking it up in a bad job, no more dealing with, you know, an unhappy relationship. Like you are ready to change. So that's number one. Number two is what are you willing to give up? So, you know, we can't keep doing the same things and expect different results. Like if we want to bring about change, something's got to go, something's got to give. And for me, this was not just about food. So obviously when you want to lose weight, like you got to change what you eat, but it really, really wasn't about food because anyone who wants to lose weight knows what to eat, what not to eat. Like that wasn't my big thing. For me, it was more about giving up excuses the kind of excuses that put me in a bad place. So, you know, the excuse of, oh, I travel a lot and it's really hard to eat healthy and, oh, by the way, you know, what happens on the road stays on the road. And I'm like, no, actually, you know what, if I'm going to be really honest, like, you know, what happens on the road, like, stays on my thighs. Like, what happens on the road stays on me. And, like, that's not that's not okay anymore. And I came up with this, you know, again, like, not going to the doctor, I was like, that's like, that's not acceptable for me to just sort of say like, okay, I'm not going to get sick. And so therefore, I don't need to go to a doctor. Like, that's no way to live. And so I realized like, all my excuses had to, I had to make them front and center, own up to them and say, you know, I'm going to give up all of those excuses. And I'm, and I'm really going to change because this is, these excuses are not an acceptable way to live. And these excuses are really holding me back. And, I, and again, I came up with a lot of them that I write about in the book. Um, then step three, what's your plan? So if you're going to change, you need to know how you're going to change. And for me, specifically for weight loss, my plan was really simple. It was, you know, eat less, which is sort of like, duh, right? Like, you know, you have to eat less if you want to lose weight. But then it was also choose better, choose smarter foods and move more. And move more was probably the easiest because I was moving not at all. So suddenly, like, a walk around the block was like a victory. Like, I was I was doing something. Um as I thought beyond even the weight loss, um, you know, I've, I've thought in a lot of other ways. You know, when I work with people or even myself, when someone's looking to rebuild their business or rebuild their career and, you know, they tell me, like, sales are lagging and I say, okay, so we're going to make this, we're going to really build a plan here around rebuilding your sales. I say, you know, one of the, one of the things might be that you actually have to pick up the phone and contact prospective clients and customers like you need to dial for dollars and that's your plan dialing for dollars it's going to be the onus is going to be on you you're not going to rely on anyone else to generate sales 
and, and that's how you're going to get out of this hole. Um, for other people, when it's, when it's about happiness or pursuing a, a specific passion, we come up with, like, what is a plan that's super simple, that you can remember, that you can recite, just no more than three steps, that if you work at this thing every single day, you're going to suddenly reach the goals that you're looking for. You're going to be able to make that happen. So the plan is short, but it's really clear and it's really focused. Um, then step four is what's your daily accountability? So we know that change takes time and progress and, and feeling that progress is the best sort of momentum that you can have toward getting there. It really sort of pushes you to keep going when you feel like you're making progress. Um, so for me, you know, the scale is, is a great form of daily accountability, um, a, a uh, step tracker to determine, you know, how much are you moving every day, smaller clothing sizes, photographs, compliments from people. I mean, there's a lot of ways to, um, to sort of see that kind of that sense of accountability, that sense of progress that kind of keeps you on track. And so no matter what it is that, that you're doing that you want to change, you either are looking at the numbers, you're looking at your mood, you're looking at whatever the barometer is going to be to make sure that you're actually sticking to this every day because we're all like gung-ho at the beginning when we want to make a change, but then we sort of, you know, fall off the wagon. And so we stay on the wagon when every day the accountability is top of mind. And then the, the fifth and final step is how are you going to celebrate sort of mini, you know, mini, mini moments, uh, not just the big milestones, but how are you going to celebrate even the teeny victories along the way? Because it takes a lot of teeny victories to get to the ultimate success. And, and those teeny victories, you know, with weight loss could be a certain amount of weight lost. It could be the fact that, you know, what you've gone a week without blowing it and, and you know, you're, you're, you've been on track. And so how are you going to reward yourself? Obviously, when it comes to um, losing weight, you're not rewarding yourself with food, but you'll have inedible, you know, rewards. When I sort of ventured on this bigger shift across my whole life, you know, one of the ways that I sort of thought about that was I end every night by asking myself, like, what went right today? Because I was so frustrated with falling asleep every night, sort of forgetting all the things, you know, remembering all the things that I forgot that day or worrying about all the stuff that awaits me tomorrow. And so I thought, you know what, I'm, I'm so tired of, like, sort of having all that negativity run through my mind right before I'm trying to fall asleep. It doesn't make for a good night's sleep. I want to turn that around, and I have control of that. And so I turned it around to just say, like, what went right today? And the last thoughts that I have at night about, like, what went right? And you know what? Sometimes it's it's something that seems so petty. You know, I had a, a fun text conversation with a friend, or, you know what? It was a good hair day, and that's what went right. No frizz hair. Like, that's my big victory of the day. And other times there's you know, huge things that have gone right. And this has been particularly valuable to me. My kids, I have twins who are 18 and they just left for college, both of them. So I suddenly have two empty bedrooms. Um, and my husband and I sort of are, you know, empty nesters all of a sudden out of nowhere. It's just like they're gone. And even though we talk all, my kids and I talk all day, like not having them there has, has brought a lot of tears to me and has been a real sort of struggle for me. And I remembered like, I've got to like muster all of the things that I learned during this shift to to turn the tears into, you know, goodness and focusing on what goes right each day instead of, you know, two empty bedrooms and how much I miss my kids and, you know, how much I wish I could turn back time and how much I long to have little babies in the house. Like, you know, that's unrealistic and that just um, creates frustration. And so all of the principles of, of shifting, um, 
seem to come into play in so many ways, whether it's losing weight, uh, coping with an emptiness, building a better business, developing better relationships, and quite frankly, just feeling better about myself. So, um, so that's a really long answer to your very simple question. <laughs> well, it is complicated. I think most of us try and make changes all the time, and it's not whether we can make a change for a week. It's whether we can make a change that lasts. I mean, la- dealing with lasting change is uh, it's probably one of the most difficult things all of us do. And I, and I love your idea of celebrating. Um, I actually love the idea of uh, what went right today, what was the best thing that happened today. We ask uh, our family that, and I've got very small children. My youngest one's three what what happened that was good today and sometimes it's i have a popsicle okay that's great it was wonderful i'm glad you had a popsicle but yeah just getting in the practice of thinking about something positive at the end of the day i think i i love that idea and, and we employ it in my family and I, I i just think it's a great way to bring positivity into into your everyday life one of the things you've obviously done recently is come out with a second book uh, shift for Good. So tell us how The Shift for Good is an extension of The Shift. Um, I've read the book. Uh, thank you for the, the preview copy. I think it's fantastic. Um, but specifically focusing on finding inner joy and finding happiness. Yeah. So I went far beyond the weight loss piece. So I thought, okay, I did that. Like, how come there are not, you know, rainbows and unicorns, like, you know, falling from the sky every day? Like, why, you know, aren't like these big business opportunities coming my way? Why are I waking up, you know, sort of feeling like, you know, on top of the world every day, simply because I lost weight? And where's the big prize that I'm entitled to? And I had this sort of horrible sense of entitlement, thinking that everything would change and everything would be flawless and perfect and wonderful. And certainly losing weight is a huge reward in and of itself. Better health, going to the doctor, getting a mammogram, sort of feeling like all those really great things is phenomenal. Um, But that alone doesn't create, you know, this sense of lasting joy and, and just daily contentment. And so I realized that I wanted to start exploring other things. So I, um, took a course and learned uh, meditation. And I do that twice a day for 20 minutes. And it's, you know, a great opportunity for me to just to to pause, to be focused, to be centered, to um, kind of tune out a lot of the the chaos and and craziness. Um, I pursued acupuncture. And I learned that when I've got like 40 needles in my face for a acupuncture facial, that it's probably the only time that I am wide awake and completely still that I'm, you know, not, not texting, talking, chewing gum, nothing. I'm just sort of being still. Um, I learned that a walk in the park in the middle of the day, a, a walk around the block, a walk toward water, um, wherever you are, to be able to just give yourself a 10-minute walk in the middle of the day. And many times people say, like, I can't do that. I'm chained to my desk. You know, I don't have time. I'm so busy. And I'm super crazy busy like everybody else, and yet I make the time for that. I schedule the time for that. I give it the same importance that I would give, you know, showing up at, at a meeting with my boss or showing up at something that mattered to my kids. It's that important. Um, I focused a lot more on giving back. I thought about the times that I'm really the happiest and I kept gravitating toward the holiday season. Every Christmas, um, I do sort of a really big, uh, kind of high profile, um, charitable project. And I thought, why would I only do that at the holiday time? And that makes me feel so good. Why wouldn't I want to feel that way year round? And so I started getting much more involved on a regular basis because nothing feels as good as giving and it didn't need to be limited to the holiday time. Um, I, I started, like I said, 
changing the way that I that I ended each day by, you know, thinking smartly about what went right today and um, who am I grateful for today and really consciously focusing on those things, not just sort of occasionally focusing on those things. Um, I wake up even with like a strong intention to have a great day. You know, someone once said to me, um, I'm going into a really high stakes meeting tomorrow. What's your advice for me? And I said to her, wear red underwear. And she was like, what are you talking about? Red underwear. And I was like, yes, I want you to wake up and like put on a power color that just makes you feel inside like like you own this you're gonna like go in and just blow them away with like how brilliant you are and how fabulous you are and just like do it um and so it starts from from when we wake up until we go to sleep sort of how we intentionally choose to impact our thinking how we you know choose to determine our mood how we choose to conduct ourselves um you know we can't control sort of so much that happens around us but we can control what we put in our mouths we can control what we put in our head and i think that combination is what's allowed me to get to a much better place than i've ever been before well, what I love about your books is it's your journey. You're taking us along with your journey about how you've made this, uh, these changes in your life. You know, first the physical change and now the, the shift towards joy and finding, finding happiness. And just being able to come along that journey with you makes those books so wonderful. Um, what advice um, or what last words would you like to leave with our, uh, our listening audience about how they can begin making changes in their own lives? I would say it's never too late. I get questions all the time. I just did a segment this week on Good Morning America about getting out of a career that you hate. And the number one question that I got on Twitter and via email from so many people was, is it too late for me to change? Is it too late for me? And you are never too old, and it is never too late to pursue better better than what you have right now, better relationships, better finances, better home life, better career, better love, better health. It is never too late to pursue better. And you should never give up on on the pursuit of that. And you should never give up on yourself. And sometimes it feels like, you know, sort of our time is past, our moment is gone. And when you're feeling that way, you've got to consciously choose to snap out of it and say, I owe it to myself. I owe it to the people around me to to do better and to pursue better and and never ever resign ourselves to, you know, I guess this is my lot in life. I guess, you know, this is what I'm stuck with. And I think it comes down to a shift in your thinking. If you're willing to, you know, shift your thinking, you can shift for good. Fantastic insights there from our special guest Tori Johnson. Well, they mentioned the book several times. If you would like a free chapter excerpt of Shift for Good, Simple Changes for Lasting Joy, Inside and Out, you can go to livehappy.com slash the shift. You can also find ways to purchase the books there as well. We are so excited that you have made us a part of your day once again, and we want to hear from you. You can find out more information about us, and you can talk to us through various social media platforms, including Twitter at LiveHappy, Facebook.com slash LiveHappy, or on Instagram at MyLiveHappy. Or if you just want to send us a note about something you'd like to hear or something you liked that you heard, you can find us at podcast at LiveHappy.com. Thanks once again for joining us. For Tori Johnson and Deborah Heiss, I'm J.R. Houston saying so long, and remember to always live happy. <laughs>